everyone. Rochelle Denae-Poth here with the Thrive in EDU podcast, episode number 13. If you are just starting to listen, thank you. And if you have been listening for a while, I thank you as well. I have talked about a lot of different topics, um, some of which have just come up throughout the week during um, different, I don't know, educational experiences that I've been involved in, whether that's a Twitter chat, a webinar, conversations on Boxer, some books that I'm reading, a blog that I see, um, overheard just in other conversations, or just out of curiosity. Uh, So I do some exploring to come up with a topic. And sometimes people reach out to me and ask me some questions. So uh, I will say all the time, I am not an expert, but I try to do a lot of different things. And I spend a lot of time on the computer and connecting and just trying to keep learning. So I'm always happy to share what I'm doing in the classroom, but more importantly, what my students are doing, um, and then any of the resources that I find, and especially when I find, and we all have members of our PLN that are out there doing amazing things. So anytime that I can share, you know, the work of somebody that I know, or just connect other educators, that's what I'm really the most happy doing. Uh, So today... Uh, one of the topics, at least the focus for December, focus for December, I should say, has been coding. Uh, a couple of years ago, I signed up to participate in the Hour of Code and truly thought that it was just like one day for the year to do one hour of code. And I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, but what I've learned since then, and that was a couple of years ago, is that it's not something that should just be confined to one hour or one day in December. Um, it is something that we need to give more attention to. And I know that for myself, it's not a topic that has always come easily to me as far as understanding or being able to code. Although if I go way back when I was in school and I did some basic coding on the computers that really didn't do that much back then, um, I enjoyed it. It was kind of fun to program something to see if it would work, to troubleshoot and to just look at the different lines of code and realize that you were actually programming something cool to happen, even if that cool thing was like, it changed color on the screen and it had like three colors to choose from, or it typed your name, or it was a simple kind of like asked you a question, you answered, and then it responded based on the answer that you gave. So I don't really remember how I did all of those things, but in the last couple of years and more so in the last few months, I've learned a lot more about coding, computational thinking, and a lot of the resources that are out there. And one thing that I know is that coding has become an increasingly important topic that's been um, discussed in education over the past couple of years and definitely over the last few months with a greater emphasis, I think, on Um, computer science and coding and the demand for knowledge in these areas. And because of that, I believe that there has been this increase in the types of resources that are available to educators and their students to help encourage schools to provide more opportunities for students to learn about coding. And so for me, when I started the Hour of Code, that is something that takes place each year during Computer Science Education Week. And I didn't know this at the time, but when I researched, I found that it was in recognition of um, the birthday of Grace Murray Hopper, who was an admiral and a computing pioneer. And so there's more information you can find out about um, her, but it's pretty interesting just to see how everything kind of got its start. And if you want a good resource to kind of get started on your own and check out that hour of code, you can, like I did, start with code.org, check out the different hashtags that are on on Twitter. So you got the hashtag hour of code, hashtag CS week, Um, computer science, coding, all of those are ones that you will see. 
And the goal of participating in an hour of code is basically to show that anybody can code, uh, to highlight the, how vital computer science knowledge is for today's students, for us as educators, and how it can be used to help them develop the skills they need for the future. And as we all know, we can't predict what the world of work or education will look like five, 10, or more years down the road, but we know that students and ourselves will need a lot of the skills like um, critical thinking and problem solving, creativity, collaborating, communicating, and all of those, uh, often the four Cs, five Cs, seven Cs. And if you check out the code.org site, there are a lot of statistics that are shared. And some one that was really surprising to me is that a majority of schools don't actually teach computer science, and only about 40% reported having courses available for their students. And looking at the world of work, about in terms of careers in STEM, 71% of the jobs available are available um, in computing, but only around 8% of the STEM graduates are in computer science. And so looking to the future in terms of employment, computing jobs seem to be the number one source of, um, of new wages, they're saying, in the United States. And I'm guessing that that's probably going to increase. So what, what can we do for our students? What are the benefits of coding? And like, why should they learn how to code? Great question, right? Uh, not that I always believe this because, again, I only did the one hour of code on that one day and I was pretty excited about it. But seeing all of the different changes and different resources I found over the last couple of years, uh, it's just been amazing to see what happens when the students try something, they start to code with something and what they can create. And I, I've noticed that it's something that each student can do. Um, they definitely become more engaged whenever they're creating something and they're collaborating and they got the critical thinking and they're problem solving, asking me questions. And a lot of times I don't have the answers, which can be uncomfortable, but we can't possibly know everything. And so it's definitely fun to learn with them. But I've also noticed that, and this comes up so often anymore, is that coding can help promote those social emotional learning skills as well. And I know that within my classes, when my students were working through the different modules that are available through the code.org site, or even with other programs where they are doing some coding, they develop some of their skills like self-awareness because they're working through those challenges and they start to better understand their strengths, areas that they can continue to grow in, and they can set some goals for themselves based on their self-awareness. And I try to model this and do that with them as well, uh, but I'm always interested to see you know, their whole process in learning and how they kind of work through those. And in the end, they definitely become more confident because they start to problem solve and they experience those successes, even the small ones, those small wins or near wins, if you want to call them that, along the way. And then whenever they can step in and help their peers, which definitely I, I love that as well, because it gets them away from coming to me and asking me all the questions for the answers that I may not have. And it facilitates those conversations with their classmates. And so they build relationship skills while they're collaborating, they're asking for and giving help and they're cooperating. And, um, and in this case, it's just been through a challenge that they're finding whenever they're working through some of those coding activities. They can also experience more of an inquiry-based learning experience because they explore on their own, uh, again, problem solving, trying to figure out how to make a program work, where they might have missed a step, where the steps fit in, and then being able to take all of that in and share that experience with one another. And personally, I really enjoy trying to work through those activities on my own and come up against those challenges, which can be frustrating at times, 
but I think it's important as educators that we experience something that our students will as well. So that makes us better equipped to anticipate student questions, be familiar with areas of struggle, and I think just in the long run, it's a lot better. So how do you get started? Well, I know the idea of coding can be overwhelming, and that's definitely how I felt when I started a few years ago officially with a game Hopscotch. For my master's, I needed to create a game, and the app we used was Hopscotch, and it was a lot of fun to play all the different games that were available, some of which were made by people way younger than me, and um, it was a challenge to try and create a game. It took a lot of patience. I had it the way I wanted it, and I thought I'd make one slight change. Totally corrupted the whole program, uh, so I took a lot of time trying to get it to work again. Ended up totally ignoring that one and starting again with something new and submitted that for my project. And I didn't get the greatest grade in the world because I missed some different functions. It didn't actually work the way that it was supposed to. Uh, but I, you know, it was fine. What I took away from it was that I worked through the challenges. I did the best that I could. Could I have done better? Better, Definitely. Uh, having more time, but of course time was of the essence because it was a project and it was due, but it was a lot of fun to work through that. And that's something that I use with my eighth graders as well. They caught on to it way faster than I did. And I let them play my game and they were like, what happened to your game? I said, I have no idea, but at one point in time it worked really well and it was awesome. But thinking back to when I was a seventh grade student and I had my first experience writing lines of code, this is going to date me a little bit, but was the Apple computers. You learned the basic structure, you learned the commands, and it was kind of a gradual process. And it didn't seem, at least looking back now, it didn't seem like it took me that long to master. And all these years later, the concept of coding, I think, is really quite the same, except we have so many more options of what we can create. These visually engaging games and programs, we have resources and websites, educators who are writing books, um, to name, you know, just a few options that can help us to get started, definitely can help it to be a little bit less intimidating than it might seem initially. And so there are some things that I would suggest, uh, get students involved in the discussion, ask them what their experiences are with coding. A lot of times I know that my students have come in and they said, oh, we did that already. Uh, that they did something on the hour for the hour of code on the code.org website, but there are many more activities out there. So maybe they did one of them, then give them a choice and they can choose something that's more in line with their interests or their coding skills, because I have some students who have been coding for a couple of years. Um, encourage them to share, you know, what their experiences are with their classmates, talk about even professions or things that they might need to have those coding skills in the future. And providing this time for students to interact, to have those conversations will, again, help develop those social-emotional learning skills, build those peer relationships, and, of course, support the classroom culture. I would say be ready for students to be a little bit frustrated or for yourself to be a little bit frustrated because even if you don't have experience coding, um, it can be a little bit like overwhelming at first, depending on where you start, but it's a great opportunity to learn right along with the students and in many cases, and I know in my own experience, to learn from them. How do you prepare? I would say check out some of the activities on your own, get familiar with what it looks like on the computer, the devices that you can use it with, make sure you have enough resources in your class for students to try, and then give them an opportunity to kind of work through those things on their own. 
the more that we can give students time and space to problem solve, to work with their peers and get that peer support, to experience the frustration and push through and have that whole productive struggle, even though it is kind of like overwhelming at times, that can then be replaced with the joy of learning when they reach a solution and seeing them collaborate and step in to help their peers and just totally go beyond just simply walking away with how do I write lines of code? What is this coding for? How is it beneficial? A lot of what is involved are those skills they need for the future. And so there is some frustration involved when something doesn't work as we expect, but that's when I've noticed students start to connect, help one another. And, you know, we are obviously there to support them, but it's all part of the process of learning. And in the classroom, we're all learners. We all have something to learn and we all have something to teach. So a couple of things, places, resources that I'll share with you really quickly. I would check out code.org. You have choices of courses that you can take. Um, teachers can use an app lab or a game lab. I think there are more than like 20 million projects available that were created by students. Check out Scratch, which was created by MIT. Uh, it has a whole online community. You can share projects. There's a library of resources. Um, Code Academy is another one. Again, you can enroll in some courses, search for a specific language if you want Java, HTML. BrainPop has a lot of different activities and modules. The one that my students really enjoyed was creative coding. Um, they can create stop motion animation. They can do newscasts. They can write their own lines of code. There's a lot of choices there. Hopscotch, the one that I kind of struggled through, but it's a lot of fun to use. I would check out Girls Who Code where they have a lot of information for creating even after-school clubs for girls in grades um, 6 through 12 to learn about coding. I believe they even offer some summer courses and summer programs for students to learn about coding and job opportunities. Khan Academy has a lot of, red, of resources available as well um, in terms of computing, computer animation, you got the Hour of Code, and a lot more. So I would say that coding, compared to what I knew Two years ago to now, it is far more beneficial than I initially thought. It's not just about learning to write a program, but what I've seen is it's, a, it's about learning together, connecting, building relationships in the process. Of course, building skills like being able to problem solve, collaborate, experience that produ productive struggle, build those skills for the future. And I, I think that if you choose any one of those resources or simply start at the code.org site, um, check out some of the great books that are out there. I know that if you are an ISTE member, uh, there are tons of things available that you can get. There are books on coding. Uh, there is even a No Fear Coding Lab. There are some educators who have recently written some books. Uh, so I, I will drop those in the links as well. But if you have any questions, please let me know. Um, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, I would welcome that as well. If you have some kind of follow-up that you want to share or a question or a topic you think from my next um, podcast episode, let me know that as well, because I always kind of wait and see what the conversation is. So thanks as always for listening and tune in next time. I hope everybody has a great day.